Shalom Aleichem. Good morning, guys. I really, I want to meet each guy here and really say Shalom Aleichem, not like a general. What's your name? Yeah. One more time. Gavri. Honor to Gavri. Honor from we are Gavri. Fantastic. Honor to meet you, Gavri. Which part of Manhattan? I sound like I know the difference. Like which part? Upper, west. I, <laughs> I'm just like show. I was in the Upper West Side the other night, so like I, I know the name the Upper West Side, but you're in the Lower East Side. Cool. Can I tell you something cool about the Lower East Side, Gavri? Yeah, you know what's cool about the Lower East Side? Ramesha Feinstein lived on the Lower East Side. We have David Feinstein, the Godladar of David Feinstein. Quiet. If you know the Feinsteins, their humility. Tremendously humble people. Reb David was a humble person, and just humility is not a like he showed humility. Reb David held he was like a, a, he was a normal person. We go to the pizza shop and and talk to his Talmidim, a very humble, normal person. And the way the people on the Lower East Side rallied around Reb David, Ramaisha Feinstein is like incredible. The, the sense that they're the center of the world. Lower East Side Knicks feel and are right that they're the center of the world. They're the center of the world. I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a story that I've said over before. That just in welcoming Gavri, I'll tell you a story that's true. I have a mentor, somebody that I like a lot, who lost his Rebbe. His Rebbe passed away. Now, he had lived the dream. He was a student of, he had learned as a kid in his Rebbe school. Then he went to Kolo in his Rebbe school, and then he became a Rebbe in his Rebbe yeshiva. So this mentor of mine was a Rebbe for a number of years in his Rebbe's yeshiva. Have you heard of Reb Shmuel Birnbaum? Reb Shmuel Birnbaum was a Sar HaTayra. He was a tremendous guy in Betayra. He had gone with the Mir Yeshiva to Shanghai, had escaped. Europe and gone to Shanghai. He was from the biggest Masmidim in the generation of Shmuel Birnbaum, a Masmid. I spoke to him in learning. I have never met a human being who enjoyed Tyre more than Shmuel Birnbaum. I had the discuss of watching my father fight with him in learning. It was hilarious. His life was Tyre. He learned Tyre with the Cheshik. And I, have, I spoke to him in learning and argued and talked and, and, and just argued as what He knew everything, but just like said my little piece and heard him out. He was, his Cheshik and Asmada Satyre was something incredible, Shmuel Birnbaum. This mentor of mine was a very, very close Talmud of Rib Shmuel Birnbaum. He went to a shear for 15 years on Friday nights for hours. A very private shear Rib Shmuel gave in his house after the Shabbos Suda. And he was in that shear for 15 years besides learning by him for years. Now he had been a student in the Mir in Brooklyn, then a Kolal guy, and then a Rebbe in the Mir in Brooklyn many years. Where Rib Shmuel Birnbaum was nifter, so I asked this mentor if I can comfort him. Could I give, could I be Menachem Avalon? Now, it's, it was a classic yet misunderstanding. I really was asking this, this mentor of mine, I was asking him a halachic shailah. He lost his Rebbe. I didn't know the halacha. Are you Menachem Avel, somebody who lost his Rebbe? If a person, Rachman Islam, loses a parent, so you say, Amaki Menachem Eschem, you give a comfort. Here he lost his Rebbe, and I simply was asking him, a halachic shayla, if I can comfort him. I was just He took it that I was being arrogant. Can you comfort me? 
He said, you don't know my pain. He like sharply rebuked me. You don't know my pain. You think, you can, can I comfort you? Like you arrogant person. You ask somebody, could I comfort you? No. The answer is you absolutely can't. He thought I was asking if I could like comfort him, if I have the capacity. So he said, you don't know my pain. You can't comfort me. So I asked him, it's very smart. and I don't like getting rebuked. We're all human. Somebody rebukes us. It's not fun. Yet one of the kinyane atayras is to love rebuke. And I've come to love and hate rebuke. I hate it because it feels bad and I love it because it's the best thing because we want, we're here to grow. And in your life, learn to love it even though you hate it. Your wife, your children tell you something, learn to love it. At 19, a friend of mine blasted me and he changed my life, Latoyev. I hated it and I loved it. He changed my life. Rebuke is very, very good. Somebody tells you, learn to listen, learn to hear. So this person told me rebuke. I could have said to this mentor, friend of mine, I could have said to him, that's not what I meant. And I would be less wise today and you would now be less, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't hear what I'm about to say, which I think is worthwhile. But I, Baruch Hashem, he rebuked me. He called out my arrogance, which I didn't even mean. I might be arrogant, but I didn't mean what he said. He called me out. And because I was willing to go with what he said, I actually changed, it made an impact on me. Listen what happened. So he rebukes me. He says, could you come for me? No, you can't. You don't know my pain. Basically tell me, stop being so arrogant. So instead of saying, no, that's not what I meant, I figured, let me learn. This person's a very special person. Let me learn from him. So I said, could you explain me your pain? I said, okay, so teach me. I'm, I'm open. So he thought. He paused for a second. He had just lost his Rebbe. And I asked, could you explain your pain? I had a window because he said, you, you're arrogant thinking you can understand my pain. You don't understand my pain. So I said, explain it to me. So listen what he told me. He paused, a very exact person, and he told me the following thing. And very, very moving. He said, all of us have, can relate to FOMO. All of us can relate when we want to do something. We want to be at the place, at the coolest place. If you're preparing, there's a Shabbos. We have off Shabbos, they say, every other week. The guys think, should I go here? Everybody wants to go with the whiners. Where are they going? Are they going here, going there? Where's the place to be? We're all looking for the place to be. And we could all relate to the sense of I go to the place, this was the hot place, and the sense. There are times in our life we feel there's no place on earth I'd rather be. We had a gathering two nights ago where we had Israel night. And guys spoke about their experience. I wanted the younger guys to learn about yeshivas and Eretz Yisrael. And for two and a half hours, guys spoke about their experiences, where they, where they went in Israel and how they made it work. It was dazzling. Yes, it was one of those nights. I promise you couldn't pay me to be any other place. I sat here for two and a half hours. I didn't hear one dishonest word in two and a half hours. Guys with tremendous vulnerability and honesty describe going to Israel, the struggle, I'm supposed to like learn all day and just, and, and then the temptations and all the different aspects with complete honesty. And I had the sense, it's the best feeling. There's no place on earth I'd rather be. 
When the guy, it was interesting, Hashem sends what? You know, had a very tough day. And at that moment, like the sense, I, I just knew why I'm here. And I felt, I, you couldn't pay me. It was right in this room. And I had the sense there's no place on earth I'd rather be. It went for two and a half hours. If it was up to me, it would have gone 10, 15 more hours. Thank God for the world. Other people manage time things. But I was, I was just very, very taken by the honesty of the guys, the expression of their journey. It became much more, I gained, I don't plan on going to Israel next year. If Mashiach comes, I'm in, I hope, I'm Mekave, but, but I plan on being here. And yet the guy's journey to Israel was life-changing for me. To hear honesty and guy's expression of honesty was very, very powerful for me. And I had the sense there's no place on earth I'd rather be. Says this mentor of mine, being in the presence of my Rebbe, every single day, I had the sense I'm at the center of the universe. The word relevance, my Rebbe is serving Hashem. There's a line of Chazal that the whole world's created, Litzav Sashelzu, to have a connection to this one. When somebody's serving Hashem, it's relevance. By the way, the cashier, somebody serving Hashem, and the cashier at a checkout line, a person serving Hashem is a mitzios of relevance. They're serving Hashem, eternity, chaye oilam. They go to a supermarket, and somebody's checking them out at the supermarket. That's relevance, that's eternal. You're checking out a person who's serving Hashem. You're born for that. Now, the checkout person also could be eternity. They're working to, serve, to, to, to take care of their family. We're all eternity makers. Somebody who's serving Hashem, that's eternal. That's precious, that's importance, that's relevance. His Rebbe is an honest servant of Hashem. And as such, being by his Rebbe is a sense of eternity and a sense of there's no place on earth I'd rather be. That feeling we all can relate to and have moments of. He said, every day when I saw cars passing by the yeshiva, it's a very busy place, the yeshiva. He said, I saw a car pass by. I thought, like I rolled my eyes, like poor guy. Like, you didn't stop here, you're out of your mind. He said, I felt bad, as he described to me. He said, cars passed by the yeshiva and they didn't stop here. I thought like, wow, okay, shrug, like poor guy. Literally, that's what I felt. He described it, the cars passing by. He described it, people leaving, and he described the sense of shucks. I can't believe what you missed out. That's what he described. Comes, comes, he said that the day my Rebbe was nifter, I don't feel that way anymore. He said, I see a car passing by the yeshiva and driving away, and I asked myself, maybe I should be in that car. That's what he described to me, what happened with the passing of his Rebbe. That's breathtaking. That's like, he said then, okay, you can comfort me now. I promise you I couldn't say anything. I was like took away, like comfort a person. There's a real person. He's not like given to hyperbole and he's describing, now go say anything. He took away the arrogance. Go say. So we actually say, I was asking, means God should come for you. I don't have, I don't have the ability to comfort that. He described the loss. The Lower East Side, Gabriel's from the Lower East Side, the Lower East Side are people who live near Reb Moshe. Reb David Feinstein had that sense. They laughed at the rest of us. 
your big houses, your fancy cars, jokes on us all. We live near Reb David. The rallying around the Gdalim, whether they went to Schomashir, whether they passed them in the street, the sense and pride that we live near Gdalim was like a joke on the... I met, we had in the yeshiva, Yosef Feinstein's a Lower East Sider. We've had many, the Martin Mishpacha, the Martin Mishpacha, we've had many Lower East Siders, quite a, a few. We have somebody here now, a Lower East Sider. Bacher came a week ago from the Lower East Side, a Katz family, Mordecai Katz. So the, the, the East Siders, that sense, we live near Ramesha. Reb David lives here, and the sense of the center of the world is so cool when you're around relevance. So I appreciate that, Gabby. Welcome, Gabby. I think now if I meet each guy, you'll see why it's going to take too long. But okay, we met the Lower East Side. You're excellent. Are there other guys here from the Lower East Side, Gabby? Um, what I'm saying, does that ring, does that ring true by you? I live in Reb building. See that? But that's how people talk. That's how people talk. I lived in Reb David's building. <laughs> it's amazing. That's amazing. So what happens? The tzaddik leaves. Now what? Now what? The tzaddik leaves. Now what? What happens when the tzaddik leaves? That's very complicated. What happens? The whole Lower East Side, so you should all invite. I don't know where the rest of the guys are from. If you're from Teaneck, Passaic, Five Towns, Manhattan, you should say, come, come live by us now. I want to tell you what happens when the tzaddik leaves. See, the problem when the tzaddik's there, what should, what's the answer? I didn't tell my friend anything, trust me. <laughs> what's the answer to such a guy? He was around relevance. He was around his rebbe. What's the answer? Now, you might think, you might think the question has to be very a Rebbe's nifter. How about when you graduate and got Eretz Yisrael and you wait for magical Rebbe? That you all relate to. So now you also parted from a Rebbe. I felt relevance before, and now I don't have it. What do you say then, guys? This was like an awkward speech. I described the Lower East Side, and Reb David's alive. It's like, practically mean. This was like passive-aggressive, eh, Gavri, because you don't have Reb David now. So I'm going to tell you something interesting, guys. Can I ask you, I want to ask you a question. It says, Vayetze Yaakov, Yaakov leaves Be'er Sheva, and it says, Chazal teach us that Yitziah Sadik Mina'ir Asa a tzaddik leaving the city makes an impact. Because when he was in the city, he was the glory and the beauty, and now it all leaves. Why does it say that tzaddik leaving is an impact? The tzaddik being there, why is it talking negative? Why does it say when the tzaddik leaves the city, it's an impact? Talk about when the tzaddik's there. Any answer? I want an answer from the guys. Chazal say a tzaddik leaves is an impact. And when the tzaddik is there, so for this I'm going to ask, take off your coat. This, I, don't, I won't give an answer with coats. No coats for this one. There's a no coat answer. Now we're getting warmed up. No coats for this. There's a bomb kasha. This one, no coats. We're getting started. Like my only rule in the school, you can do anything here. Coat by sheer, ooh la la. The Oymek of no coats, I don't, I'm not a school guy. School asks behave. I don't ask behave, don't behave. I ask present yourself. I want a bacher to be here, who are you? 
Who are you? Present yourself. That's all I ask. I don't ask for behavior. I'd rather, if a guy had two truths, I'll wear a coat and I'll sit quietly by sheer, or I'll take it off and I'll jump, run, and throw spitballs. Jump, run, and throw spitballs. Because I, I demand that you show up. Who are you? I want your humor. I want you. Show up to sheer. Show up. Who are you? What your jokes? What your energy? Who are you? So a coat, a guy's hiding. Take it off, let's go. Who are you? Bring it on. That's why the, no, the only rule in yeshiva. Most schools ask behavior. I ask no coats. Strange thing. <laughs> so you hear the question? What's your name? Aiden, Aiden, I'm honored to meet you. From where, Aiden? Yeah. I think I'm going to start now a whole speech on Tina. I'm still in the middle of the Lower East Side, Aiden. Aiden, what do you think the answer is? You hear the question? One more time. The que- I like questions. I like sitting on questions. A tzaddik leaves the city, makes an impact. Why don't we say, Shloyman, nice to see you. Maybe in like a few minutes before, I didn't start the very time, I'm busy with the Lower East Side. Before I do the very time, you'll sing a song. We have a guitar here. Could you get one? So why does it say it's Sadiq leaves the city, makes an impact? What about when the Sadiq's there? It's a strange Chazal. Aiden? Bless your soul. I was, I, I was hoping you wouldn't say a different terrorist, and the terrorist you said is so intelligent. Can I tell you what people say, why I don't like it, and then speak about what Aiden said? Excellent answer. The answer, the standard answer, when I was younger, I racked this answer, and today I, I'm, I've got more honest. I've got more honest. I don't accept this honesty. When I was younger, so it's a good Musser answer. While he's there, nobody appreciates him. Now that's a truth. That's not dishonest. When he leaves, so we all miss him. So that's a good answer. That's cute. I'm going to explain why it's dishonest. The Gemara Kedushin, Gemaras are all honest. The Gemara says in Mechuza, they didn't appreciate Rabbanim. Because it was Shechichi Bu Rabbanim. They had a lot of Talmidei Chachamim. So they didn't appreciate Talmidei Chachamim. Because it was Shrichu Burabana, Gemara Kedushin. So while you, when the answer, so people want to answer that the tzaddik leaving means an impact because when he's there, we don't appreciate him. The reason I don't like that answer, I don't appreciate the answer, I don't believe that's what Chazal, Chazal speak and are teaching truths. That's like human frailty is true, but that's not how Chazal would teach something. Teach that a tzaddik's there is a powerful impact. It's not, that's not the answer. That's a truth. And you could also learn that truth. That's not what Chazal are saying. I don't believe it. Why would the Chazal teach? When a tzaddik leaves, it leaves an impact. Why didn't you say when he's there? Because when he's there, we don't appreciate. The truth is when he's there, it's an impact. You don't teach when he leaves as an impact. That's, that's, we only see it then. Teach that a tzaddik in a city makes an impact. Teach the truth. Teach the lechatchil. You don't teach the bidiyevet. I don't like that answer even though it's true. It's not a good answer. By the way, by the way, you have the same kasha. How do we know you have a neshama yaseira on Shabbos? Because it says, Vayinafash. Vay to the soul that leaves. Woe to the soul that leaves. On might say Shabbos, you feel something. Shucks. Now why teach me we have a neshama yaseira when it leaves? The same kasha, why, why? The weak answer, it's weak, I don't believe it, is, well, we don't appreciate it. When we have it, that's true. 
But that's not how to teach something. It's true. Teach me when you have it. And by the way, us frail human beings will only appreciate when we lose it. Fine, fine. That's true. But teach the truth. Teach the luchatchila. You don't teach the bidiyevid. So I don't believe that's what Chazal are saying. So we're stuck on a kasha. Why does it teach when it's sadik leaves? It makes an impact. So I think to be near a tzaddik is fascinating. This person described it when I was in yeshiva, he described relevance. There's one danger is that you lean on the tzaddik, the tzaddik does his thing, and you bask in the light, but you don't absorb the light. You could be near the tzaddik, and the tzaddik's incredibly serving Hashem, and you enjoy the ride, and that's beautiful. Talmidim, Reb Yitz talks about his, 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 his he comes from the Chavetz Chaim Yeshiva, Reb Henech Libwitz. People can bask in the light. <coughs> but and it, and it, that's wonderful and amazing and beautiful, but what happens? Did you absorb? Did you just rely? Were you just a spectator to the tzaddik's brilliance? To the relevance and the light that existed there? Or did you become yourself a giver of light? And there's actually a danger being near the tzaddik in basking and enjoying the brilliance and the delight of the tzaddik and the relevance of not producing it yourself. And the main point of a tzaddik is that we ourselves are energized to be a tzaddik. A tzaddik is an announcement to human beings' capacity for closeness to God. And the question is, do we grab that? What happens to Pasuk and Yeshai if you serve Hashem by rote? What's the punishment for serving Hashem without passion? Just going through the motions. What's the punishment, guys? It's a Pasuk and Yeshaya in the 29th parak, of Tess. It says, Pivu svasav kibduni mimeni. They're serving me externally with no passion. What's the punishment? You're not going to believe it. We lose Sadiqin. Misa Sadiqin. Hifla Hashem es makoischa pele Double, it says it's double worse of Chorben Beis It says once here, it says Haflu Afela, double Lashen. We takes away Tzadikim. That's awkward. We need Tzadikim. We're not serving. Reb Dessler is the Kasha. We're serving Hashem by rote. What's the punishment? You lose Tzadikim. If I ever I saw a situation, we need Tzadikim. Why do we lose Tzadikim? The answer is when a tzaddik goes, when a tzaddik is nifter, or you got Eretz Yisrael away from your Rebbe, the answer is that when you depart from a tzaddik, so it's tremendously painful, I was around relevance. The only way to touch the tzaddik now, Reb David left, the only way they could touch him is to live his ideals. And then they're very with him. Then they're very with. In the physical world, closeness is proximity. In the spiritual world, closeness is being on the same team. That's closeness, is being on the same team in the spiritual world. Closeness is being on the same team. That's what, if you're close, if, you, if you're close to the tzaddik and live by his teachings, you're mamish, you're hugging, you're with the tzaddik. In the middle of talking to God, what does Avram Avinu do? He says, Hashem, wait a minute. And Avram Avinu greets angels. Is he? That's crazy. I don't like chutzpah. He's talking to God. 
middle of talking to Hashem, he says, wait a minute, I'm greeting the angels. That's absurd, Maj. That's crazy. I don't like, I don't like chutzpah. When I'm at a chasna with my father, there could be tons of people I, I need to see, I want to see. I give quick shalom aleichem. I can meet friends. I can meet Yitzhubovsky. I'm with my father. I, I'm warm to Yitz, but I'm back to my father. I don't get to be around my father a lot. Respect dictates. He's my first attention, my second, my third, my fifth. He's my father. I'm not, I'm not going to be cold to anybody, but I'm with my father. I stand by his side, I hold his hand, and we talk. Just at a chasna, it was hard. There were a lot of people, but my father. My father's first. Avram Avinu says, excuse me to Hashem and greets angels. What? You say, excuse me to the angels. I'm with Hashem. That's it. You leave Hashem to, to greet guests? And Chazal say, Achnas HaSarchim is bigger than greeting Hashem. What? He's talking to Hashem. Everybody else, what are you doing? You can't interrupt talking to Hashem to speak to people. Obviously, what Chazal are saying is you could stop talking to Hashem. Say, do you mind I give you a hug? I'm talking to you guys. It will be inappropriate to pull out my phone. One second, one second. What? You're talking to the guys. Ridiculous. It's inappropriate. But I could stop talking to you to go up to Gabriel and say, Shalom Aleichem. That was not a pause. We're in the middle of talking. I just stopped to give him a hug. Not so bad. That's in the middle of a conversation. You can get closer. You're allowed. The only thing deeper than talking to Hashem is being like Hashem. Talking to Hashem is close. Being with Hashem in a deep, deep way is the closer being like Hashem is you, you're, you're hugging Hashem. So you could stop talking to Hashem to greet the guests because you're hugging Hashem. You're like Him. In the spiritual world, if you're like, you're very close. If you're like, you're very close. I'm going to tell you a new pshat I've never said over before. L'kavah the chavra. I'll tell you a new pshat. That in this week's parsha it says Zekeli van Veyu Klal Yisrael saw Hashem. Now, please, you have to get mature. When they saw Hashem, a little like I don't know what they saw. You don't know what they saw. Ze always means Neichach. They saw God. Now it doesn't say they saw God. It doesn't say God. Now what they saw? What did they see? What did they see? They didn't see God. What did they see? They saw. My God! Kaylee. They didn't say God. This is what they saw. Zeh! Whatever they saw, they, they saw my God. Kaylee, my... They didn't say Eli. They didn't say Eli Kenu. Hashem. They didn't say Hashem. They said Kaylee. When they saw Hashem with the most clarity, the greatest revelation in history, they saw my God. It means whatever they saw, they experienced Hashem cares about me. Me, not us. Me, you. Wants me, wants you. They experienced Kaylee. Oh my God. <laughs> my God. Oh my God. Not oh God. My God. Oh my God. This, the expression, <laughs> my God. That's what they saw. They saw Hashem wants me. Kaylee. They felt an unbelievable love from Hashem. 
Kaylee, my God, he's interest. That's like the craziest thing to discover Hashem and to see him with clarity is not God. I don't even know. And by the way, when they saw means, they saw he created the world. I didn't even know what you could see. They saw God means you see him as God. So they saw it. It was like in front of them, like we see, you see this table. We see each other. They saw that he runs the world, Revelation. Not they saw and were told, oh, he's the one who runs. That's not called seeing God. You have to grow up. I have tried to contemplate this picture. It can make me shake. I'm not, I'm not there right now. I'm in front of a crowd. If you try to contemplate this, you'll lose your mind. They didn't see somebody. Oh, he's God. That, that's not seeing God. That's seeing a person who somebody told you. They saw my God. You know what that means? They saw, there's the Torah. You guys believe the Torah? We're all maminim. The Torah was handed by Hashem. This happened. They saw my God, Kaylee. Which means they didn't see, and oh, he's the one who created the world. It's not called seeing God. That's seeing something. And you were told, who told them? They saw my God, the one who created us all. In some, I don't even know what they could have seen. That says... Hashem, Hashem created, but they didn't see just the creator of the universe, the cause of all. They saw my God, that he wants me, he's interested in me, he allows for a connection to him. He wants a connection, he wants my service. That's what they saw, that's what it means, my God, Kaylee. That's what they saw. Incredible, it's worth to contemplate that, that's... Seeing Hashem, we have such a childish, like, they saw, well, he looked pretty amazing, wow, that's not seeing God, that's, they saw my God, don't yet, stop contemplating they saw God, that's not what it says, it says they saw my God, Kaylee, amazing. What was their response? I'm going to be nice the rest of my life, anveyu, says chazal, anivahu, I'm going to be, I'm going to be nice, why is that the response to seeing God? be nice the rest of my life? The answer is seeing God and my God drew us to him. We wanted to hug him. Did you ever see somebody who you liked a lot? You see somebody you liked a lot and you want to spend time with. That's what happened to us. We say, so what do we say? I want to spend time with you. Uncle says that anveyu means we're going to build a base on which means don't ever leave me. The Gra says that this Chazal is the same as Onkelis. The Gra writes that the Chazal is the same as Onkelis. I have never said to anybody in my life this pshat, to no human being. And I want to tell you why, what I think the Gra means. Why is that the same pshat? I'm going to be nice the rest of my life. Onkelis says it means build a base Hamikdash. Chazal say it means be nice the rest. I'm going to be nice. Onkelis says, Anveyu is Melash and an abode, I'll build a base. It's Hashem, don't ever leave me. We experienced something, he said, don't ever leave. Stay here forever. Chazal say, it means I'm going to be nice the rest of my life. Why is I'm going to be nice the same as don't ever leave me? Because the exact same thing in the spiritual world, how you close to somebody, do the same actions, learn from them, be like them. That's proximity and spiritual. We're exact. I want to tell you, so, so you'd see a tzaddik mina'ir asarashim. The tzaddik leaves makes an impact. We ask, why doesn't it say when the tzaddik's there? The answer is when the tzaddik's there, you could rely on the physical closeness and sometimes not be like the tzaddik. When he departs, your only choice 
Guys call up after they leave water. We miss it crying. The only choice is to recreate what you had. Be loving. Be respectful of others. Bring it. Don't leave it. It's your choice. Before you had it physically, you could actually have it greater. You see a sadik minayir osarashim. His leaving makes an impact. You can have him more than ever. You could actually have. It's, we're human. We miss the physical proximity. We're not pretend. But you could have him eternally connect to what he was saying. Be like him. Do, live his teachings. In, in, in a manner you'll have him eternally. That's what Aiden, my saying the shot you were saying, well, that's what Aiden said. I want to tell you something interesting. So first I was greeting Gavri the Lower East Side. I want to tell you something interesting. I'm in Zaycha for now almost 25, close to 25 years to teach Hashem's Torah. And I have people that I feel so close. Rav Fisher came for Shabbos. I feel, I'm telling, I'm telling you about Rav Fisher because if I say about Rabbi Beitler yet, you'll think, okay, Hanifa, flattery. I want you to understand when I see Rev Fisher, he's, he's my brother. He, we're, I can't tell you how close I feel. Now we don't get to speak, we speak once a year. I promise you, no exaggeration. I see him with brothers, with twins. We're, we're doing the same thing. We're doing the same thing. We're, we're such teammates. I feel the closest. I see him in Eretz Yisrael. It's a crazy, hectic Shabbos. I get to speak to him for like two seconds. We hold hands. We exchange some words. I feel the closeness to him. The Western world, there's tools of friendship and friendship itself. Tools of friendship are physical. A touch, a hug, a conversation. Marriage has tools of friendship and friendship itself. The Western world's addicted to tools of friendship and has no shaykhs to friendship. So that's why they just crave the hug. And friendship itself is two people who are close to each other deeply. Tools of friendship create friendship, but the goal is friendship. In a marriage, a husband and wife are friends. The Western world, a couple is acting, a husband and wife look at each other and they nod. You know how much is there? From across the mechitz in a packed wedding hall, they look at each other and lock eyes. They're friends. The West, who struggles to understand love, and music's much about failed love, they've forgotten friendship in the, and become thus addicted to tools of friendship. Friendship. The closeness I have to Rev Fisher, we don't get, I want to speak, I want the tools, it's not an excuse. But friendship, because we're on the same page, the same team, the same ideals. Uh, he's my friend. He's my friend. I want to say, and you Rebbe Rabbi we're friends. Close, close, Chaveim. I wish we spoke more. It's not an excuse. I should be a more loyal friend. And speaking is good and be more in touch. But the sense, I met like three people recently from Noam Punkt who were impacted. Their kids were seriously impacted by Rabbi Beitler. Three different kids I met from Noam recently. And I filled with the feeling that's my friend. We're on the same team. Somebody who's teaching Tyra. Somebody who's out there, out there teaching a generation Tyra. Teaching a generation Yiddishkeit, serving Hashem, bringing it. Bringing it constantly in the summer during the year. It's a passion. It's a life to teach Torah, to hand over Yiddishkeit, a love, a passion, a care for Yiddishkeit. I feel, I feel like brothers. We're brothers. We're, we're a tremendous, tremendous care for somebody who's a teammate. In the, in the spiritual world, being like somebody, being impacted. We work together. I miss the days. And I miss the tools of friendship. 
We worked for years together. I was Zeichen Knight with many conversations about our passion, what we share, our passion for teaching Torah, for, 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 for bringing it, for sharing with the generation, a passion for Yiddishkeit, a passion for Yiddishkeit, that it's a lie, that it matters to us, Yiddishkeit, that it's ever relevant, ever important. And Ray Brownstein and I talk about this. We've been Zeich in our careers to meet people that we feel share our passion for Chinuch, for Avod Sashem, for sharing a relevant Yiddishkeit, so I feel my brother's here. I want to thank Rabbi Beitler tremendously for coming today and bringing his precious, precious chevret. It's an honor, really an honor to meet the guys, to meet every single guy here. I have things on my mind that I like to talk about, but you also have things on your mind. So I'm going to ask, where does Rabbi Shloyma come up to a song? That was like a heavy introduction. During his song, if anybody thinks of a question, I'd love to hear a question on anything in Yiddishkeit. I'd like to hear a question or two, if anybody could ask. I will probably not have the answers, but I love questions. So if there are any questions, I'm curious also to what questions the guys would ask. So anybody can ask any question. I'd be very, very interested. But after a song from Shlema. I want to pray with this Hevra. I need to pray with you. I do want to do Hashem Ali Rachim, obviously, but first you'll first you'll do something. First you play something nice. What what do you want to play, Shlomo? You want to hear something funny? Do you think Tati, my king, has ever played here? Like in years, nobody heard it. It's played the least here. A Bacher told me that, Rebbe, before I got to Waterbury, I knew all the Waterbury music. I sat in my room listening. I haven't heard a Waterbury song since I've been here. So, Kelma, Hashem Ali Rachman, he's heard it five times a day. But I'm talking about like the English song I haven't heard. So I explained to him the songs of the yeshiva are the expression, the echoes. The songs reflect the ideals of a place. Here you're living the ideals. We're living the song. The song goes out. Here we're living the song. Tati, my king, is an ideal. We're living it here. And then the song goes out. You don't listen to the song here. You, you play the song. You are the song. There's like Dvarim Pshotim. It's the same thing like stories of a tzaddik. We talk about a tzaddik. Like the stu- you don't? I asked Yosef Feinstein, tell me a story about Reb David Feinstein. I asked him this week. He looked at me, no, tell you a story. He was with him the most in the world. During COVID, the one who was with him most in the world, he was stuck in the hospital with his aide. Yosef Einstein was with the Godel Adar for, alone for almost six months straight. So tell you a story, I was with, a story is what the rest of the world does. I, I, I'll tell you him if you want. <laughs> Not a story. So, so. It's funny, this song, but do Tati my king for the heaven. Why not? Yeah, it's true. I didn't know that. Good introduction to the I was told to speak to you, Hashem Maybe you can tell me who I am I've been lost too long to know where I belong In the end, my 
I supposed to see your path? With so many questions I have to ask Now I'm standing here alone I'm losing hope And in the end My tears are falling to Hashem So Tati, my king Father, I plead Don't ever let, ever let go of me Ever let, ever let go of me Tati, my king Father, I plead Don't ever let, ever let go of me Ever let, ever let go of me I need you to realize that I'm lost in my life So pick me up, help me Don't let go of my entity, my king Father, I plead Don't ever let, ever let go of me Ever let, ever let go I am here to speak with you, Hashem Starting to see now who I am I've been lost before, I know But here I stand Holding your hand Taking part in your plan songs, I want to, I want the, the, the connection that Rabbi Eichler has to this yeshiva is not like a welcome, 
is not just like welcome here as a guest. This is he's a bailum here. Rabbi Bailer has a right to accept guys to the Yeshiva Pasha. Rabbi Bailer is somebody who, who has sent his his Talmidim, his people who have worked in in, in Heller Shoresh have come here. Yitzhubovsky had a massive, Yitz had a massive impact for years, put his talents into the yeshiva. Sports, activities, events, things that till today are a big part of the yeshiva, parts of the yeshiva Yitz put in for years. Menachem Braun, who worked and was involved in, in Heller, had a massive, massive impact. Mesmer Ibaitler was part of pushing and encouraging Take this guy, get this guy. Yoel Tepler has run the yeshiva for years, for years. Amorty, Amorty Samwitz, who is very, very big in, in Shoresh, for years has been running here and doing things here. And the list, the list goes, the list goes on and on and on. From Navi Epstein, the list. <laughs> A guy coined like Fagan. a new phrase. A guy's like Faganism. A guy the other night like was describing a gap here. Faganism. <laughs> but um, but really, there's there's the the tremendous impact for years. That song "Tati My King" has been sung a lot. The most impactful time I ever heard that song. An interesting thing is Shalom Rebashkin was two weeks out of jail. Now the man was in jail for eight and a half years, but was in maximum security. The guy next to him, one of his best friends in jail, was a hitman. Means of seven billion people on earth, do you understand? People make parnasa. One guy makes chairs, one guy builds tables. This guy, you paid him to kill somebody. Not he murdered out of anger, people paid him to knock off people, he was a hitman. That was like his comrade and he was with some of the darkest people. In his mind, he never was going to leave jail. In, on his mind, he had betachen. But according to the Teva, he was there 27, 28 year sentence. He had been there eight and a half years. Now, when he came two weeks out of jail, within two weeks, he sat in this space, Manish, they played Tati Mai King, he was pouring tears. Now, that alone, the story can end, that a man can cry two weeks out of jail, pouring tears. You could check it up, it's not normal. You'd need like a year of therapy before you'd think of crying. You're two, you're, you're eight and a half years, there's no hope. Nobody there thinks they'll ever see the light of day, the maximum security. You don't use the facility, you didn't have a lone place to use the facility, the toilets in the middle. You can't imagine, and this man within two weeks was crying. So everybody asked him, why are you bawling? Tears, not he was emotional, tears, and he's a tough guy. Tears were pouring down. So we asked him, why are you crying? He'd already spoken. So he said, I want to tell you why I'm crying. And he said that he had said to Hashem, I'm never letting go of you. And he begged Hashem, hold on to me. And his prayer constantly is, Hashem, I'm not letting go of you. How am I going to hold on to you, Hashem? Shouldn't be conceptual. The way I'm going to hold on is with mitzvahs. The word mitzvah means a command, and it sabs as a connection. He said, I'm not going to let go of mitzvahs. He didn't miss one day of talis and tefillin in eight and a half years. He sat in the sukkah. He made kiddush every Friday night. And he said, my whole prayer back to Hashem is don't let go of me. I'm holding on tight. Let me stay connected to you. And then they sang, don't ever let ever. He was just bawling like a baby. He said, that was my song for eight and a half years of Shalom Rabashkin. That was the most meaningful time I ever heard the song playing and he's bawling, describing his own, his own journey. That was like, 
just to witness that was something amazing. Don't ever let, ever let go of me. Amazing. Really, really, really special. Shleimer, let's do another song for the Chavra. Let's first sing something together. The guys know Hashem Ali Rachim, they know that song? The guys here are sing, we only sing it like five times a day. So Chavra, so you sing, Srila, you sing with me, and the Chavra knows it? You do, you don't. Shleimer, come, let's teach it. Srila, come, let's teach it. Hashem That's Pashat. At your age, a guy is already 17, turns 17. means 17. The day you start praying, ready. You pray to Hashem that I find the right one, I build the right home. So, Davin, why should you Davin? I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a story. There's a Yid, Avi, this story, I was in Eretz Yisrael for Shabbos. There's a Yid who's a Talmud of Reb a very, very holy person and a very not well person. He's physically, he's an older man. He's physically not well and he's a tzaddik, big, big person. He calls me Erev Shabbos. I get a message, Erev Shabbos. It's actually a son calling. That he would love to join us Friday night. It's way too far of a walk from where he is. He's an older man, not well. 
and he just wanted to know, he'd love to join, it should be a wonderful Shabbos, he apologizes, he won't be there. Where we were for Shabbos. Apologize, it's too far of a walk. So thank you, tell him it's appreciated, his good wishes, a good Shabbos fun. Friday night, in the middle of the Einig, in shuffles in, the Sadik walks in. Everybody just pauses, you see an older Yid, a glowing Yid. He sits down, he could barely speak, it's a long walk. I asked him to come and speak to the Yom. He spoke, you couldn't really whisper the speech. He said, he said, very short. Then he, after his speech, he turns to me and he says, you're probably wondering why. He like said, he walked and he couldn't speak. You're probably wondering why I came. I said, I wasn't coming. You know the story, Abby? He said, you're probably wondering why I'm here. Why am I here? I said, yeah. He said, you wouldn't be here. He said, I'll tell you why I'm here. It is not a person who jokes, who's funny. So I'll tell you why I'm here. He said, I have needs in my family. And he told me specifics of, of prayers, of things going on with his grandchild, serious, serious things. And he said that this room is a place of prayer. He said, a Gemara Bar Metzim. The Gemara says, if you teach Torah to somebody who naturally has a tough time learning Torah, and you teach Torah to there, you could be mevatel gzeres Hashem. Kipetia, you become like the mount of Hashem. Hashem makes gzeres, you could be mevatel gzeres. It's Gemara daf pehei in Bab there. So he said, this is a room that there are people who have challenges. Everybody has challenges, human beings. But this is a place of people who fought through, who don't just, if you, if you just say natural, the natural studious guy, the natural unstudious, <coughs> shrug. If you believe in supernatural, you overcome. You believe the challenges and overcome, then Hashem gives you an hug of supernatural. An hug of supernatural. It's a Malbim, he didn't quote the Malbim. The Malbim says, if you're holy, you're you make Hashem holy. What does that mean? If you're holy, it's at the beginning of Parshish Kedoshim. If you're holy, Hashem says, I treat it like you make me holy. What does it mean to make God holy, Abi? Kedusha by your person is to know I'm more than physical. Not to feel we have limitations. Kedusha is the understanding I'm something more. Our soul is from a piece of God. We're, we have a part of us that's supernatural. There's a, not a guy on this campus, nobody's broken. There's a soul that's pure and whole. Powerful. If we, Kedusha is when you rise above your limitations, above your physical, and you strive for something more, something deeper. That's Kedusha. You make Hashem Kaddish, says the Malbim. He has two anhagas, how he runs the world. He has a natural order of things. But if you act supernatural, you get on hug of supernatural. You get Nisan. I have seen miracles in this yeshiva. We have a donor who gives the guys things. There's nothing like It's wild. And we've seen miracles. The right people who come to the yeshiva. I name Menachem Bruin, Yoel, Yitz. Uh, the right people. It's supernatural. It's not normal. And it's Pasha to me. I knew this Gemara Bar before he said it. And I daven always with the guys because it's a supernatural place. I pray. I, guys, you sing it five times a day. We pray three times a day. And you're always supposed to speak. To, I'm not singing anything. I'm praying. Hashem Rachmi, Rachim Have mercy on us. Daven for whatever you want. It's a mock and 
a place that believes in supernatural is supernatural. This Yid walked in, he was a broken old Yid, walked in a long distance. He just wanted to pray, he was a Makam Tefillin. He whispers, he wasn't making the show, he didn't know he was going to say it over to anybody. No, he's not like that. He shuffled in from far, he had a Tefillin, it was a Makam Tefillin, he deemed it on a Friday night, a week. Frail person traveled in. You came from long distance, let's pray. We believe in supernatural. We don't fall teva. Well, naturally, supernatural, supernatural. We try to push ourselves, supernatural. If we believe, it says if you teach Torah to somebody, others throw out. That's mamish the Gemara You're to to a different type of anhaga. So we're in a makam tefila, sing along with each other. Let's sing, let's pray together. Did you learn this? What's your name? Avisha, I'm honored to meet you. From where? Excellent. Can we sing? You know this song, Avisha? You know this song we just sang? So that's an easy song. As soon as you learn it, could be when I sing, I'm like my own composer. If just Schleimer would sing, you'd probably know it already. I have my own problems with tools, but okay. Let's do it. Let's sing it. Avi Maskin, let's pray again. You've ever heard the song, Avi? Hashem
A guy made a joke. We had Sat Mechsidim here last Thursday night, and the guy sang it. They like they said you wouldn't know this is from Tachnon. That was a joke. They also came for a game. Or not? <laughs> Nobody came. Not for that, <laughs> We do have food. Lunch is coming in a few minutes. Somebody's bringing lunch. Somebody's bringing drinks. We were slow to it. Any questions? Any questions? I like questions, but it's like hard. It's not. Yes, what yes. The donor when I worked. Amazing, amazing. That's a good question. That's a good question. That's a good question. That's a good question. The answer, the answer to Avietz's question. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk. Questions are important. I don't usually like answers. Here, there's what to learn. The question's powerful. It's a, it's a sophisticated question. Because many times you work for something and there are difficulties. I have asked Yitz's questions. I have asked at times in Yeshiva Hashem, let's not pretend. There are times we see Nisim. There are times it's been brutally hard. So I asked Hashem, what are you doing? You like, you like what we're doing or you don't like it? What are you doing? Why do you make it hard? It's a very important question what Yitz is asking. What about the hard times? Don't, don't be pretend. At times it's brutally hard. Why do you make it? I've asked myself the question. Can I ask you a cool question, guys? A hardship's meant to tell us to stop something or to commit harder. Bilam had a hardship when he was traveling. What was he supposed to do? Stop. The Avais said a hardship building our people. What were they supposed to do? Fight through. How do you know which is when? That's what Yitz is asking. Good question. How do you know which is when? It's easy to talk. He's saying there were times... You're saying something, you talk or you make it sound nice, there are times it was hard. So how do you know which is what? How do you know when a hardship says stop? How do you know if you can't know? So what does God want? Hashem's very clear to us. What does He want? People work hard, right? In the summers, there's been hardships. You always ask, maybe I should stop. Because Bill, I'm supposed to stop. So I don't get it. When do I know to fight through the screen? And when do I know to save the screen? When do you know? How do you know? You know, some teams when there's a screen, they teach you different ways. Do you fight through? Does the other man cover? You know, there's different strategies. How do you know? What do you say? Aiden, you were on fire. What do you, somebody else. What do you say, Hebron? How do you know? You know what I think the answer is yet? The answer is always to stop. Stop and rethink. There's no two things. Stop and rethink. What happens when you stop? You know how many times I've retaken this job? Hashem wants that. I've been hired hundreds of times, I promise you. I am to be a new principal. Last week I took the job again. I'm new. When you're new, you're fire. You're, you're a tiger. You're an animal. I, I have not been doing this 24 years. I'm doing it one week now, by the way. You see a little freshness because I took the job last week. I actually decided to do this again last week. You're a tiger. When you take a job, you come on. We've had cooks in yeshiva. The first few months you cook, Ganeden. Then the guy's cooking for a while. Depends. If he's a guy who retakes the job, it's Ganeden always. I think all blockages Hashem wants you to think. The others had blockages. Right, Beidler has said to me countless times, you think I should do it? He's a very smart man. He's, 
he's right to ask the question. And Hashem wants, and then he decides to open it up. How much of a different energy, right, Baylor, is it when a guy, when somebody decides, yeah, let me open it up again. Yeah, you know what? Is this really worth it? And the questions and the blockages make you ask, should I open it? Bilam and the others were supposed to do the same thing. By Bilam thinking it again, says there's not worth it. And that's what he was supposed to do if he really was honest. By the others thinking again, makes them tigers. Master yet? Question. Thousands. Thousands. My Rebbe said that my Rebbe took, there's no idealist who doesn't have his resignation papers in his sock drawer. None. There's no idealist. Doesn't have his, I don't, I don't write, I have no resin, you can check my sock drawers, there's just socks in there. But I promise you, in a figurative sense, I have my resignation papers in my sock drawer. My Rebbe taught me that, you know that yet. No idealist doesn't have his resignation. Not because he's, he's consistent, because he's, because he's alive, he's deciding. If he's just doing the old thing, that's, that's, that's old. Right, By, we, would, we would speak every year, should I do this again? That's the coolest thing. It's the coolest thing. A good Rebbe, right about that, not a lot consistency. Somebody's with you and there and, and into something, but that makes them into it. They're only there if they decided to do it. You don't teach because you taught yesterday. You don't do idealism because that that's, yeah, that's so yesterday. It's a great question. It's, the question's real. The question is you're saying miracles. What about the time we? The answer is there were hardships and are hardships. The miracles are there. There's clearly, like when you were here, we saw a tremendous siyata d'shmai. We saw miracles. You were one of them. We saw miracles. And you saw, we saw it together like tremendous. We also and still face hardships. And the hardships make you pause. And that you, it's good to pause. They make you double down when you believe in what you're doing. You think, gosh, yeah, I'm doing this again. Yeah, I'm doing it. And then you come back at it again. You're a tiger. It's a good question. It's what's your name? Jacob. Jacob what? Horn. I'm honored. Jacob. Horn. Horn. From where? Fantastic. Honored to meet you, Jacob. There's a Horn family lives in Queens. Married a Glazer. Not related. Jewish geography. It's Jacob. I'm honored to meet you. From Tinek, and you're my Bible Shear, Jacob. Lucky guy you are. Excellent. Three years. Bless your soul. Excellent, excellent. Continue that slacha, Jacob. Smart guy you are. So I was wondering, like, how, I know Torah has like, a sense of a moral code, but let's say you, you don't always line up with it. How do you get yourself to line up with the Torah? Can I pause for a second? You said Torah has a moral code. What's Torah? I don't know, that's what I was told. Like, that's, like, that's my name. You said there's Torah and it has a moral code. Go back. What's Torah? Like, I'm saying the book itself says you have to live your life. Do you know you are Torah and I'm Torah? Yeah. Do you know the basketball games? You know, I want to tell you what Torah is because people don't know what it is. Why do you, why do you, why, why do you have parents? Do you have parents? Let's listen to this. Listen well to this, Jacob. I'm going to tell you. This I want everybody to listen to this. Do you have parents? And then the Torah is a rule book. Hey, be good to your parents. Hey, be keep it aim. The Torah is like a rule book. I have life, and I need an how to live life. So Torah is like a guide how to live life. Do you know you only have parents because you're supposed to respect them? 
The Biruch lights this. But I, I want, you know, this is going to be harder. You'd have to spend the next many years of your life pondering what I'm telling you. Listen to this, Jacob. You think you have parents, and then God says, oh, I have parents. I have to know how to, do you know you only have parents because you have to respect them? The Torah came before the world. Do you know what that means, the Torah came before? What do you mean the Torah came before the world? What? Chazal say things, the Torah pre preempted the world. Avi, listen to this. The Torah came before the world. Yisrael, what does that mean? God couldn't wait, he was so anxious. The Torah can't be before the world, it's the guy that'll live in the world. That's not true. The Torah comes before the world. You have parents, because in the Torah, the Torah is a way to connect Hashem. The whole world was created so we can live Torah. The Avais live the Torah. They're in the Torah because they live Torah. We live out a life of opportunity to connect Hashem. And as such, we have parents. We come from places. We have a source. We learn to appreciate our sources. All lights that we learn to grab onto this world. So when you say this Torah have a moral, you are in the Torah. The Gemara asks wise statements. Do you know there's not a dilemma in your mind? I, 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 I was a people pleaser younger. I still have it. I only say younger because I don't want to be so vulnerable. When I was younger, people asked me, so I was a people pleaser. And insecure, a people pleaser would be, what's he thinking, what's he thinking, is this coming out good? A people pleaser. Do you know that's in the Torah? It has to be any experience. Our experiences are the Torah, because this world and the Torah, there's no experience, there's no temptation you have that's not spoken in detail. Any single thing you have. Every person, the Gemara asks, Haman minat Torah minolam, where is Haman in Torah? Maybe he's not in the Torah. What's the assumption? Mordechai minat Torah maybe he's not. Jacob minat Torah, any single thing in your life that you go through is explicit in the Torah. I've increasingly got into chasedos, pnimia satayra, because all my emotional dilemmas are there. They, it's all in the Torah openly. Do you know, I used to ask myself, a Bachar was struggling with addictive things, and I said, Kalish, you didn't struggle with that. How could you free him? How could you help him? And the Svasema says, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was asking Hashem, when he said, Shalach Naviyat Tishlach, but he shows it in the Pesukim. And he was saying, how can I free a people who were enslaved and I wasn't? And then there's a discussion what the answer is, very profound and deep answers, how it works to get out, what it means to be enslaved. Any single thing that exists is in the Torah, Jacob. It's not a moral code, like we have a life and you could check up some guide of behavioral life. Life is the opportunity, it's all in the Torah. Every emotional, we learn Torah, we think like we're sitting there and we're hearing like a Rashpur, like a very, isn't this Gishmak? My life, I'm worried, I'm jealous of my friend, I'm tempted for a girl. Like, it's all there, open, honest, it's all there in the Torah. I don't say every time I learn, I know the relevance of each thing I learn. But I find much relevance, and the things I understand is I don't, I'm in the middle of learning. It's all there, it doesn't in the Torah have a moral code. It's life, it's kihem chayenu, it's our life, you don't realize how literal that is. All the afoichba, afoichba, the kulaba. Search it, search it. It's all there. All. We think all is a lot there. All. All of existence. The Gemara Baba Kamat Sadi Aleph has these expressions. Whereas, where do we know this 
the rich get richer, one of the expressions the Gemara says. We, and the Gemara quotes a mission of Bikurim. What's the premise of the Gemara? Maybe that expression doesn't find itself in the Torah. In my house, I'm not allowed to say anything. My father said, where's Uriah from Shas? You know, in politics, psychology, there's nothing you're allowed to say. Where is it say? Where is it in the Torah? Find it. Bring Tariah. Any topic. So understand what Torah is. It's all there. It's all there. It's only here. Every psychological worry we have is in the Torah. Now we have to study it. It's a live book. You're in the Torah, Jacob, and I turn around. Jacob means every aspect of your being. It's all in the Torah. Now you have to find it. You have to search it and learn it and know how to learn it. There's somebody, Rev Geisler, who I, I appreciate a lot. I never heard him learn Lambdas. He learns a Rev Baruch Ber. But when you ask him advice, he shows you a Rev Baruch Ber was telling But not stretch. Show you a Rev Baruch Ber was telling you what to do. He's, it's all there. I want to tell you something. This, this person, Shlomo Maguri, is a, is a Rebbe of mine, a friend of mine. And he, he spoke in this room the other night, described his process of engaging Torah. He described that first you're sitting in front of Gemara. It's like daunting. And he described, like somebody told him, by Hanukkah time, and I saw you learn, by Hanukkah you'll know how to learn. So he describes Hanukkah sitting down. He was very emotional, describing, opening it up like, he sat and learned that it's worked, but it didn't work. It was very difficult still to learn, to understand, to read. And he went to Rabbi Geisler frustrated. He told you, you don't understand. In learning, you're not trying to get to a certain place. When are you there? When's the day? You made it! There's siyumim, there's milestones. It's not about making it there. It's about being present here. Take yourself with all your confusions, your patience or lack of patience, understanding that, and make a relationship to Torah. Start learning. Start studying. What does it say to you? What does it say to you? Read the Pesukim. What, what resonates by you? It's very important in learning. What resonates? What hits you? Read the Torah. Read the Torah. It's all there. It's all there. It's all in there. Very good question, Jacob. Did that do some justice? That's dizzying to say, I have parents. Not kibarav aim is a way how to deal with my parents. I have parents because it says in the Torah, Yerucham writes this. You have parents because it says in the Torah, Now it's not, that sounds like so, I'm a parent too. That sounds like such a bizarre, I'm only here because my son has to, has to be mechab in me. The world is a key. It's not, there's something deep and profound. I have children because the Torah says, I'm to teach my kids things. It's all opportunities. It's an opportunity to be a giver, opportunity to be a receiver, opportunity for gratitude, and it's all to grab on to Iris. What does it mean the Avais kept the Torah, my friends? What does it mean? One of the myths to the Torah is to write a safer Torah. Did the Avais write a safer Torah? I have a question, Avi. The Avais kept the Torah. They kept all Tariyag mitzvahs. Did the Avais, one of the mitzvahs, Kisful Achemes Ashir write a Torah? Did the Avais write a Torah? Did they write a Torah, my friends? So what do you mean? They, they didn't write a Torah because they wrote the Torah and they knew what they would do. They knew who they would marry. The Torah says everything. So what does that mean? They didn't keep the Torah then. Shucks. It says they kept the Torah. Chazal, every word is true. The Torah's lights, is deep and profound lights, they kept the lights. And every mitzvah is a shayrish in the mitzvah that they kept. 
they kept the shut the root of that mitzvah, the Torah's opportunity to connect to Hashem. It's many, many, many profound ways to grab on to eternity, to connect to Hashem. It has everything, everything is in it. All of our lives are opportunity to connect to Hashem, every aspect. We're going to the gyms and opportunity, gym and our term and all of everything's in the Torah. You know what I mean? Thank you. No. Yes, does that make sense? It's just the truth. It's deep. It's overwhelming. It's deeper than me. I'm not, I'm by contemplating this. It's deep and it's just true. So we ask, like, is this in the Torah? Like, what is the Torah? If the Torah is like, I have life, and okay, I need shrug, some ways to deal with life, but it says the Torah preceded the world. It's clearly not that. Actually, life is the opportunity to live Torah. Tyre is the way to get. When it says the angels didn't want Hashem to give us the Tyre, what does that mean? They had Tyre? Why did they study such human things? It's all about connecting to God. And it's lights how to connect to Hashem. Understand, Jacob? Great question. I don't either understand. Bring it, bring it here. I don't either fully understand. I don't want to pretend. I don't understand it more than you. But I'm working to understand. It's like <laughs> very good question. Any other questions? Questions are delightful. I the only reason I even have some words there because I've been pondering that question. I'm still in the middle. Don't don't listen to my answer. I don't listen to my answer. I'm still thinking about it. That's why I had that answer. Questions are energy. They lead us places. They bring us. We keep asking. Okay, you don't have questions, I'm going to ask you a question. I already decided. Can I ask first, Nathan? Okay, right. Well, you say an answer. Let's pass around the food. Thank you. Yeah, first, let me do the sushi here. Congratulations. 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 Congratulations.